I refied but another one, refied but another one. So I love that's my favorite strategy is long term buying holds. And then I bought two commercial properties and then I bought an Airbnb as well. Ooh. Yeah. So and I manage all of that myself. I don't have property managers to me. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. And people always like ask me, how can you handle that many properties by yourself? Like, it's not that difficult. Welcome back to the Real Estate Syndication Show with Whitney Sewell. He is not here today, so he allows me, Josh McAllen. I'm flying in from Capital Hacking, our podcast, because I'm a good friend of Whitney's, and I love what he's done on the Real Estate Syndication Show. Today's another one of those treats. We have Melanie Bedrovic, who's in from Niagara Falls, Canada, at least through the internet you are. And I want to welcome you to the big show. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me. So Melanie and I got to meet for just a moment, but for the rest of us who have not yet met this powerhouse, why don't we ask you, Melanie, to share a little bit about your backstory and what brought you to where you are today? Okay, sure. I started working at the age of 12. My parents were immigrants from Serbia and Bosnia, and they believed in all the family has to work and contribute. So they owned a little bar. I started when I was 12 years old in the kitchen. It was not a great place for me to be. I was a horrible cook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to do my homework on the on the chest freezers and like I would just do my thing and cook orders. And then that developed into busing and then hostessing. And then they bought a bigger location. That's where I really started waitressing, bartending, and then managing. So I basically managed and ran that place for like 18 years, believe it or not. Wow. In total. And all the while, though, I was saving my tips. I didn't start to get paid until I was about 16. So that was kind of slave labor, I guess you can call it up <laughs> until then. But then, yes, my parents started paying me and my mother, it was her idea to actually put my wages aside so that I didn't touch them. I just lived off of my tips and I even saved portions of my tips. So a few years later, I was like, okay, I have all this money, you know, like, mom, I want my money now. And I decided to buy my first house. I was at 22 years old. I bought my first house, best decision ever, best move I ever made best deal I ever made. It's still my crown jewel. And yeah, I renovated. It was brutal. It was like this family owned it for like generations. So like it needed a complete back to the studs redo. You know, I like, I remember scraping off six layers of tiling and, you know, same thing of wallpaper on all the walls. Like it was, it was, it was rough shape. So it took me a few months to get it up to snuff and then I rented it out. And then I did the same thing, continued working, working, working. This is all through school as well. You have to remember uh, my undergraduate degree. I worked all through that. My MBA worked all through that, saved all the time. Again, did the same thing, bought another house. Didn't have to do as many renovations, but it took quite a few U-Hauls of trash <laughs> anyway. And so I repeated that process a few times. And then I realized like, oh, I can refinance this and get money. Yeah, that's you right. know, like working my ass off for two years and, you know, or a year at a time to be able to buy a house. So I refied, but another one, refied, but another one. So I love, that's my favorite strategy is long-term buying holds. And then I bought two commercial properties and then I bought an Airbnb as well. Ooh. Yeah. So, and I manage all of that myself. I don't have property managers to me. We all have the same 24 hours in a day and 
people always like ask me, how can you handle that many properties by yourself? Like it's not that difficult. The main one that requires most attention, of course, is Airbnb. They ask you a bunch of questions, the vet people. And with the long-term buying hold, the only real-time consumer, the real-time suck is when you have to get new tenants when it's time to fully screen them and, you know, like do a hundred showings and, you know, make sure you really like somebody before they move in. And I learned my lesson. I had some bad experiences of not doing good enough vetting of people. So I'm going to alert your audience. We can come back to that. And so basically, yeah, like I, I came and the message I always try to sort of say is I came as a lowly barmaid and I was able to amass this wealth and to create my own little empire literally by being a waitress. So anybody can do it. Anybody. I love that message. Like it's a big, you know, and that's, I don't know if that makes me relatable to people, but up until just three years ago, I owned my own restaurant bar that I ran in one of my commercial properties. And I did that for just under 10 years, but I actually have to admit, I hate bar industry. So I don't know if it's because I started so young in it or just being a part of all that, you know, just drunks and drugs and fights and issues. And, you know, like bars have a lot of, there's a lot going on, many moving parts. And the, the bar I had was, was enormous. So like, it was just such a huge, huge undertaking I did for 10 years, like constantly running events, constantly getting bands, making specials every, like every week, you know, and every quarter I'd have to like plan a gazillion things because you got to get butts in the seats butts in the seats and it was like a really, <laughs> you know, it, was, it was difficult I did it all myself again and my family always thinks I'm crazy every decision I've ever made they're like don't do it don't do it you're crazy don't buy that lake house or don't do that or don't buy the bar please please you know my grandparents are like crying begging me they're like everyone who's done it in our family or people we know they have like the whole family running it no one's ever done it completely by themselves and believe me, I, you know, I can see why, like I worked 24 seven for almost nine years. <laughs> you can't not be at the bar when you own a bar. So does that kind of answer your question? It does. It does. And you know, I want to add, break it down just for a moment because uh, two things, one, the group we are honored to be a part of, you can see one of our pretty resorts behind my back here on the video. We have hundreds and hundreds of teammates that do great work and they're in the restaurant business and we have bartenders. Now you called yourself a barmaid. I love this handle you have on social media called the wealthy barmaid. I didn't come up with it. There's a story. No? I didn't come up with Tell it. Us. Okay. So I lived in Toronto for about a year. Again, uh, full-time bartending in Yorkville. If anybody knows Toronto, well, very high-end area of Toronto. So I lived there for about a year and I didn't know anyone. And I started going to, you know, I made one friend that I started going to like launch parties and all kinds of, in Toronto, there's something going on all the time, like New York City, like any big city. And I met this one girl and we became, you know, friends, acquaintances, and she happened to work for the Toronto Star. So that's Canada's largest, largest newspaper. It's huge. And she was working for them as a journalist. And, and once she knew my story a little bit, that like at that point I had owned, I don't know, two or three homes. She's like, can I use you as my subject for my story? And I was like, sure, I don't care. Go ahead. You know, if it helps you out, no problem. So we do the interview. We have that. It, it publishes. And it was the like what came after that. Thousands. I'm talking tens of thousands of people emailing me, messaging me writing it under the article in the comments, contacting her who wrote the article, like 
tens of thousands of people from all over the world, not just Canada, not just the U.S., all over the world. I'm talking Australia and Germany, Ukraine, like everywhere. And basically begging like, oh, my God, how did you do it? What did you do? How were you able to do that? How, like, how can I do the same thing? Blah, blah. And at the time, I had a coach through Tony Robbins, which I am a firm believer in having a coach. I still do to this day. And he was just like, Mel, like, you better write a book. You got to you got to tell your story. These people are begging. These people are asking. And she is the one who said, I think the title was wealthy barmaids, RRSPs are income properties. So that's where uh-huh. wealthy barmaids sort of came from. I didn't come up with it. I wish I did. But yeah, it's just an old school term of bartender, I suppose. And it's cool because I'm a girl. I don't know. It works. I love it. I love it. And you ran with it. And I'm on your website and it talks about your book. Now, the book is not by that name, though. You have a great title there as well. I, I think it's one. Oh, you have two yeah, books. Two books. Okay. And they, I'm so, I don't even know how it happened, but they both became number one international bestsellers. Like, this was never a plan that I had, but whatever. I love writing and it's amazing that that happened. But the first one is called The Wealthy Barmaid From Minimum Wage to Millionaire. So that one describes my story from stemming from my grandparents coming to this country and everything up leading up into and all how I did my deals and how other people can do it. And here's all the financing options. And here's it's a really good informational book. So many people and super motivational. I, I like literally was speaking with my doctor a few months ago and he was like, you need to read your own book. And I read it. And I was like, <laughs> oh. Oh my God. You know, I felt so like motivated and inspirational. And a few of my friends recently who have read it, same thing, like, I feel like I could take on the world. (laughs) So that book's awesome. And then the second one is called The Most Awesome Money Book Ever. And that is mainly (laughs) for youth and, you know, youngsters to learn about financial literacy, which is a huge topic I'm an advocate on. We won't, I, I won't dive into that right now. However, it's applicable to other people. Like I had a 50, my, one of my 55 year old cooks was like, you know, going through it going, I don't know how this stuff. Like I, I have no freaking clue because we're not taught it in school. We're not, you know, like the whole financial literacy thing is a right. big problem for our, these next generations. So that's why I wrote that one. I felt I was really compelled and I've, and that I've been given, I've been donating books, donating my courses. I'm with so many NGOs and not-for-profits now, just giving that knowledge to them to like, to work with. So that's really whatever worth it to me. And, and, and it means a lot to me that, that all these kids and these students around the world right now are using my curriculum, I guess. And, you know, so those are the two books. So the first one was aptly named The Wealthy Barmaid, just the subtitle is From Minimum Wage to Millionaire. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You did a great job with that. Yeah. If you didn't come up with the branding, you went with good branding. So that brings you to, if I keep my stats correct, you still have several houses. You have two commercial buildings and one beautiful Airbnb, correct? Yeah. And the Airbnb, which lake is it on? You, you mentioned a lake house. Yeah. So it's directly on the water. It is so nice. house or a lake house. We call it the lake house. So it's on Lake Erie. So... Yep. Basically, you got Buffalo over here and like, I think like Pennsylvania over here. So it's one of our great lakes and it's just incredible. You just like people have messaged me when they walk in like, oh my God, I cried. I cried when I saw the view. I can't even believe this. And it's just so cool. It just with the, with the deck and stuff, it just looks infinity into like. Lake. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Super cool. And then there's stairs going right down private beach, like, you know 
just, it's amazing. And what's funny is I didn't even buy it to be a lake house. So like, it's, this is absurd to me. I just felt like, I'm like, you know what? I want a lake house. I want a house on a a lake or, or a beach house, whatever. So I bought a beach house, lived in it for a little bit, but I don't even know who someone, maybe someone mentioned like something about Airbnb. I'm like, okay, let me test this out. Holy moly. There's another (laughs) moment. It's doing $150,000 a year in sales on that one property loan. Deal analysis. The number one critical skill every multifamily investor must know. Want to take your investing career to the next level? Then check out Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop. For more information, go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash D-A-W. Come on, that's incredible. I had no clue. I like, it's just, I don't know what to say, but so that was a, that was a good buy. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great buy. Great buy. I just wanted a beach house for myself. That's the truth. I like it. I like it. I like it. What about that for a deal? There's a bunch of deal junkies listening here. What's it like financially? So you said 150000 in revenue. What What did you purchase that one for, the Airbnb? Oh, I wish I had the numbers right here. I purchased that for six seventy five, which was a huge deal. Like, So my house there is a three-bedroom, two-full-bathroom, upstairs, main floor, huge, huge long front yard. And then the back is just the deck and the water. And they're selling even back then, and and even still to this day, they're selling like these one bedroom, 600 square foot, one bathroom, teeny tiny things for like $8.99. Wow. So you can wow. see what kind of a deal that was. I really like, I brought them down quite a bit because, you know, you always got to like, when you're trying to make a good deal, you always have to find out what the whole story from the sellers, you know, like why are they moving? How fast do they have to get out? Are there any issues? Are there any problems? And they were, they were trying to get this one house. It's just funny. It's yeah. doors down and they were desperate to get it. Market wasn't hot. It was on for like $7.99. I got it for six seventy five. Good job. Yeah. That was another. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, another good, good one. And I did a VTB with that one. So I don't know if you guys call it the same vendor. No, we don't call it that. What does that mean? Oh, you guys call it, I forget what you call it. 1031 exchange. It's a vendor take back meaning. Oh, you seller note. The lender was the seller? Yeah. So there's another term. It's not coming to me, but that's basically what they hold the mortgage for me. They held it for me for one year until then I was able to get into a conventional mortgage. So I it, right. So I gave a, a down payment and all that kind of stuff. They held the mortgage for me at four percent, which was still great at that time. Yeah. And then I went into a conventional mortgage. So that's that that will feed your deal junkies. No, it's good. You know, today are you still active in real estate? Absolutely. Part of my day to day is driving around looking for houses. Oh. For things, houses that are boarded up on the windows, looking for someone who hasn't mowed the lawn in 10 weeks, you know, like looking for distraught properties to see like, okay, I can make a deal with these people because they're clearly most likely, we don't know until you know the whole story, but most likely desperate to sell. And I mean, I still look on MLS as well. I'm still looking, but I'm also, I'm running some other companies. So 
I have cash flow coming in from there, but I'm building these businesses. So I'm keep putting the money back in there. So I still have, I always, and I always tell people, you got to keep a stash on the side. Like the biggest mistake I ever made was like not buying up a hundred houses in the U S when you guys had that crash and you know, 2008, 2010. So that taught me a lesson. Like, Oh, you always got to keep some money over here on the side so you can pounce on an opportunity. Right. I'm absolutely still actively seeking another right now. I'm looking for a long-term rental. That's very cool. So in your real estate world, you've done those refis and then you've started new businesses. You sold your bar. Did you sell your bar or did you just close it down? No, I sold my bar, the business, not the building. I sold. So that was the, the prerequisite for That's me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Even when I went in, it was like, I'm not leasing anything from anyone because that doesn't go along with my goals of owning right. X amount of real estate for my empire. So I purchased the building and I ran my business from it. And that's the business that I just sold in 2020. But again, just the business. So he runs the show now and he pays me rent, triple net lease, all that kind of stuff. So that's how that happened. That's wonderful. And as we you know, want to get to the salient things that you love teaching, you're a great teacher. You have a mentoring program. But I love this book. I don't know if I made it clear to everybody. The book, the second book is called The Most Awesome Money Book Ever. Yes. And the target audience is young at heart. It's, it's anyone. I'm telling, like I told you the story about my 55-year-old, you know, employee down to, I mean, at what age can children start really learning and, and sponging information? Three, four, five years old. I even made a course to go along with it. I made it animated so that it's not super boring. So it'd be fun for kids watching it. It's me narrating, but... I made it just a little more interesting because I know a lot of courses and I've taken my fair share of courses like, <laughs> you know, and they could be really dry, really boring, really, you know, like oh, hard to get through. So my first one, the wealthy barmaid, I have a course for that as well. Again, okay. I did different locations, different outfits, different, you know, like putting things up on the board, but like, I'm thinking, how can I make real estate fun? Or how can I make real estate more interesting when, when you're talking about all the dry details? So I worked really hard to do that. And that's like a tip top A plus kind of course. Like I'm super proud of it. And I also, I'm very proud of the most uh, awesome money book ever. Most, I call the course, the most awesome money course ever. But yeah, it's truly for anyone. I like how you said youth at heart. It doesn't even... It doesn't even have to be that, but my own mother, for example, I mean, she's, you know, 63 or something. She doesn't even know what a line of credit versus a credit line is or home line credit plan. Like she's no, you know, like, so it's really for anybody and everybody who wants to learn everything about there, there is to know about financial literacy, about money and how does money work? How does credit work? How does all that kind of stuff? I won't bore you with the details, but... I like how you said for people young at heart. Yes. So ready to learn, ready to think life by their own you know, design. Yes. It seems like you live that way. I love the story about the article that turned into thousands of people reaching out to you and turned into a book, turned into another book. So of all those things, and you also said something, I want you to teach people for a moment. So you have your base cash flow coming in from real estate, mm -hmm. but you believe you're called to more. It seems like you're not only are you trying to buy more real estate, but you're also building other businesses. You're done with the bar business, yes. But you're building other businesses, and you're saying that whatever cash flow is coming in, I'm putting back in. So, so teach me about the mindset. Why build other businesses? Why not just buy more real estate? 
And why keep the money going back in? Teach us those two things. I, I, bet, I bet that a lot of people learn from that. Sure. Well, from my perspective, I can share that. A, I always want to continuously buy real estate. So whether that's one, two, or five houses per year, or one, two commercial properties, or I'm down. When there's not, though, the problem now we're having is that it's a seller's market right now. So it's like during that time until that can slip, cool off until our interest rates can cool off a little bit. Cause now they're, they're spiking and they're going to keep spiking yep. years. What else can I do? And I'm, I'm not one. I can't sit and do nothing. Even though I don't have to work, I don't have to do anything. I love doing something and I love building things from the ground up. And I love seeing what potential do I have on this planet, on this short little life that I get to live? What's my potential? How far can I go? So that's how I look at it. And yeah, I, I again, would buy real estate every day of the week if I had enough money. And that's one another like mistake back in the day. If I had learned so many of these other creative financing strategies that I could have probably bought more, had partners or whatever the case may be. I wish I had double what I have, but so does everybody else. <laughs> you know, so... I'm able to do kind of passion projects. So, you know, on top of my holding company that or companies that deal with that all my rentals are, you know, in and I run all of that, like as we discussed, and it doesn't take a long time, especially with the long-term buying holds. They're super easy peasy other than, as we mentioned, when it's time for a tenant change. But other than that, it's like once every six months, oh, hey, there's a leak or hey, this the furnace won't turn on or whatever. And boom, 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 I get someone out right away. Same thing as my Airbnb. If there's a problem, like I'm out there, someone's like, oh, but there's no more batteries in the remote. Well, here I go. And the biggest thing I would love to share with your audience on this note is that no matter whether it's an Airbnb, a long-term buy and hold, commercial reason, it doesn't matter. Like you have to treat it like a business. Yeah. Everyone, well, not everyone, but so many people I know and so many out there, they're treating it like a hobby. And I see them right. treating it like a hobby. Half the people I know say, oh, yeah, I call my tent. Like, they don't get back to me for two months or they don't answer the phone or I've had this leak for five months now, whatever the case may be. And it just drives me nuts because if you treat it like a hobby, it's going to pay you like a hobby, right? Yep. You treat it like a business. Now we're talking, you know what I mean? Like, so... Doing all of that still gives me plenty of time, believe it or not, to do other things. So I started a construction company because it's somewhat in, involved in what I do, yep. obviously, with houses, with renovations. And I, of course, that's I use my team, my construction company to do things for me and all my houses and all that kind of stuff. And I maintenance and everything is set up. I'll tell you, it's amazing getting to know you. And I love how you moved from passive income. You bought the real estate. You have the assets. You build up a, a personal net worth, and then you went into other things that bring you excitement and passion. You're an inspiration. I can't. Which is risky, I though. A lot of people would say, like, stay in your lane. A lot of people say that, right? So you got to have the, at least I understand business. That's a big part, too, right? If you only understand, like, real estate, it's different. But if you understand business, how to run a company, how to run, you know, like, you need the and I give you credit because being in the bar business and any restaurant hospitality business is super dynamic and so complex in a way that you have been tested. I imagine deal negotiation, salesmanship, all these types of core skills, cash flow management. You know, you said you created events. We're big at that as well. We have a whole production company. So whenever you create an event for your bar, you always say, I can't spend more on the event than I'm going to make at the event. You know, so you have all this 
PNL and ROI analysis going on. So this has just been the air you've been breathing your whole life. Exactly. And thank God I learned all those skills from a young age and watching my grandparents do it, my parents do it and learning the ins and outs. And then I made every system 50 times better than they ever did. You know, they're <laughs> and then you need those skills. Like it's cool that I was able to, to create this show and that it's successful, which is, you know, it could have really gone either way. Yeah, a lot of people do kind of say, you know what, stay in your lane, you know, real estate, just stay in real estate, just stay in your coaching, your mentoring programs, your this, that. But again, I'm testing my potential and my what abilities that I have. And so far, thank God, everything's worked out. I'm making money. Everything's profitable. The real estate's great. Everything's managed. Everything's handled. Like, it's just, you, again, you just you treat everything like a business and you should be okay. You know, you got to know your numbers, make sure you're profitable. Like it's the best advice I can give. Don't treat anything like a freaking hobby and spend three, three hours a week on it or something. Well, that's what returns will get. Tell me how we can follow up if we'd like, because it's been a great show and I'm sure a few people want to buy the book, but what's the best way to reach out to you through the internet? Sure. So I'm available at www.thewealthybarmaid.com. And all my handles on social media are The Wealthy Barmaid. So that's on Instagram, Facebook. I don't do much Twitter, but they're all at The Wealthy Barmaid. I think people will reach right out to you. It's been great to get to know you. Thank you for being part of the Real Estate Syndication Show community. It's great to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 